What's your favorite sign of spring? My allergies are heinous, but I will eat a bowl of antihistamines for breakfast if that's what it takes to bring on the blooms. The daffodils, the magnolia trees, the tulips, the peonies, the cherry blossoms. There are less beautiful ways the world could have been put together, but I am so thankful for flowers. Or the chirping birds. It's one of my favorite things about working from home that I can hear the birds. Now, they aren't always on the same schedule as me when it comes to recording audio, but it's fine, it's fine. Fall seems to be the fan favorite transitional season around here, but to me, spring is just renewing and refreshing. I'm in awe of nature doing its thing. The world springs back to life. It's a miracle. Those of us living in regions where winter very much freezes life over for a few months a year probably slow down a bit during that time. We wear loose, chunky sweaters and sweatpants, binge on shows and takeout, and get a lot of sleep. This year especially, we kind of hibernated. I think that's why this spring feels particularly significant. Like, it's not just the flowers and trees and butterflies coming back. It's us. We're tiptoeing not just into better weather, but to our next version of normal, which promises to be a little bit better than the last one. COVID cases down, vaccinations up. Waking up this spring feels really good. That's especially true for the folks at Bogart's Smokehouse, where their hibernation was a bit more literal this winter. It's been weird, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy to be back. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, a wake-up call with two of the ladies who run the Soulard barbecue joint that's just reopened after months on pause. We'll look back on that and there's no regrets. Why they decided to temporarily close Bogarts, what COVID did and didn't have to do with it, and what could have happened if they wouldn't have locked the doors. We wouldn't be on this podcast and having this conversation yeah. with you. <laughs> Plus, food news and your weekend planner. For a big chunk of my on-air career, I've woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Long-time podcast listeners or KSDK viewers know that I started on Today in St. Louis, reporting from 4 to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. Still the best morning show on TV, baby. One of my favorite things about that shift was having like a mini springtime every day. Getting to see the world wake up, go on a morning jog, take the dogs out, sit on the front porch for a cup of coffee. Coffee, though, could be hard to come by at that hour for us. You might not realize this, but most coffee shops don't open until at least after 6 a.m. So getting anything other than break room or gas station Joe was a rarity on that shift. I remember the few instances of it well. On one such occasion was for a live shot in Soulard. Photographer Larry and I were getting ready for the 5.30 hit, and I don't remember the story, but I do remember the sight of a man in a tie-dyed shirt approaching us from down the sidewalk. He was carrying a cardboard drink carrier of coffees, milks, sugar packets. <sighs> seeing him walk up was like seeing an angel. But really, it was one of the guys at Bogart's, already up and at him before sunrise, just like us, getting the smokers going for the day. Bogart's, of course, is in the Pappy's family of restaurants, which includes Pappy's, Daly's in West County, Adam's Smokehouse in Clifton Heights, even Southern Fried Chicken, a collaboration with Grace Meat and Three's Rick Lewis. I know it takes hours to achieve the melt-in-your-mouth deliciousness of their barbecue, the ribs. Excuse me while I wipe the drool off of my keyboard here. I had no idea, though, that it started that early in the morning. All of this is to say... These folks work hard. My name is Nikki Pudo. I am one of the owners of Bogart Smokehouse and also 
the Pappy's Smokehouse family of restaurants. Um, we have currently five restaurants, four are open and one is not due to the pandemic. Um, and I guess I'm, I always say I can't take credit for the food. I can take credit for the happy employees. That's awesome. She's right. And I was going to say, <laughs> we have a happy employee who can hopefully vouch for that. Yes, absolutely. I am Liz Eckerd. I am the general manager at Bogarts. I've been here for 10 years now and worn quite a few hats. I've uh, been the catering manager and operations manager um, and just happy to be back. Happy to be here. 10 years. That's about the entire lifespan of Bogarts, right? I mean, that's yeah. pretty much most yeah. of most of it, right? Yeah, I started a few months after the doors opened. The doors are open again as of March 30th. They'd locked up back in October. Southern also closed temporarily, by the way. They've yet to reopen. For Bogarts, the post announcing it on Instagram, announcing that hibernation, if you will, elicited more than a few broken heart emojis. Yes, they'd still be taking online orders for rubs, sauces, even ribs and pit-baked beans, but it was still a difficult decision. I asked what it felt like the week between the announcement and flipping the sign on the door to closed. We seemed to be doing all right then, but you have that, you know, constant in the back of your head of it's starting to get cold. And where are these people actually even going to come? Because a lot of people took it, did take advantage and sit outside, you know, when they, when we were just doing pickups, um, but it was definitely ner- it was nerve wracking because you know that it's it, it was going to be a cold winter <laughs> and long. So um, I, I don't know how else to put it, but besides nerve wracking, <laughs> yeah, we know that it was a weird, weird, weird year. It's still a weird time, and it's still hard to know exactly what's going to come next or what the right move is. And I know that there are a lot of different right moves for different people, different businesses, different restaurants. Um, so tell me how you came to the decision that it was the right move for Bogarts to and Southern to close down for the winter, to go into hibernation, if you will. That's a good way to put it. Um, it's interesting. We've, we've had that. We actually started having that conversation about going into hibernation for Bogarts pre-COVID. Uh, we noticed that January and February, you know, obviously it's not barbecue season, so it's always a struggle, but it was even more of a struggle for Bogarts because we only have 32 seats when we don't have outside seating. Um, and so it, it's not, it was not a new idea to us. We, we've actually been having the conversation on and off since 2018. Um, but this year we really started looking at it in August and with the limited restrictions on inside dining, we, we were allowed to have, we're allowed to have 12 people. (laughs) So, and it was about, is that enough to staff the place even (laughs) not, no, not, I mean, not really, to be honest with you. And, and so really what happened was, you know, it was kind of along the same lines with Southern. And we were like, what do we do? You know, we, we have great staff. We didn't want to lose them. Um, and so my one partner, John Matthews, like, was like, Hey, um, you want to go take a drive? I was like, what? This is back in the beginning of August. He was, we're going to go look in St. Peter's. Let's open a Pappy's out there. I was like, Oh, just we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're opening a new restaurant. He's like, yeah, I got this idea. 
So he kind of, you know, started talking about that. And then like all, you know, the four of us were brainstorming and we were just like, we could, we could, sorry, we could, we could borrow, um, you know, we could borrow equipment from Southern and Bogarts to open Pappy St. Peter's. We could not have to lay our staff off. They could go out there if they wanted to, or we'd absorb them into Pappy's somehow, some way. Um, and so that's what we did. And we opened um, in October. Uh, at the end of October, we opened Pappy St. Peter's. So we had closed um, Bogarts and Southern th the first week of October and then got everybody out there and whoever wanted to go and got them trained. And so we had we had like we had three people stay at Pappy's and then we had one, two, three, four. We moved like six to seven people out to um, uh, St. Peter's. Um, a couple of them actually decided to stay um, and not come back to Bogarts or Southern, which was you know, or even Pappy's for that matter, which was pretty cool that they found, you know, they kind of found a new home. Um, but then all my, the majority of the staff from Bogarts did come back. So it, so that was very much a blessing. It, it is already a difficult time of year. Maybe people aren't thinking barbecue in February as much as they would be on a gorgeous day like today. Um, mm -hmm. but that being said, we also saw a lot of habits change. I would never have expected to sit outside on a patio in January ever right. in St. Louis, right. but I did that this year. So was there ever a time where you were looking at it and you're like, man, I wish, I wish we did have Bogarts open. I wish we were open and around for various Mardi Gras weekends. Um, like we typically get a lot of business for people just even out and about in Soulard, mm -hmm. regardless of what the general actual parade plans were this year, for example. Yeah. Um, I, I can speak to that only because we've kept in, Soulard's a, a very tight-knit community, and um, we kept in contact with a lot of our fellow restaurateurs, and it was, you know, just like, an, it was tough. It was for a lot of places, and I, I think for us, it, you know, Everybody, you you know your own business, right? You can't, every restaurant is different. You can't put every restaurant to the same box. I often say that there's a reason why there's a food and beverage degree um, rather than just a business degree because we are so different. And so I, I, for us, I believe it was the right decision. You know, looking back in mm -hmm. it now, we were able to save, you know, some money and not have to, the, the scariest thing is when you're trying to play catch up in a restaurant. And what I mean by that is you're like, I can only pay payroll this week and I can't pay my vendors. Okay. And when you're at that point in time, you, it is, it's more psychologically debilitating than the pandemic. And so I know restaurant owners that have gone through that in previous years and we just, we were like, we don't want to do that on top of a pandemic. And we didn't want to do it to our staffs either. So for us, it was the right decision. Mm -hmm. It really was. Mm -hmm. And there's, we'll look back on that. And there's no regrets. Mm -hmm. I agree, Nikki. You know those tough things that you really wouldn't have been able to do without the support of your people? This is one of them. Nikki acknowledges being part of the Pappy's family of restaurants, having a place to send their staff and keep them working, having other restaurants operating to keep up a revenue stream, that positioned them to be able to make this call. We're, we're super lucky um, in, in that we made, we looked at it and we made the hard decisions early on and that allowed us to reopen Bogarts now. What do you think 
we would be looking at going into April of 2021 if Bogarts had not closed for the past couple of months? I, well, so if we would not, if they would not have brought out a second round of funding, which we did not know about the second round of funding when we made the decision to close Bogarts temporarily, um, we wouldn't have made it without the second round of PPP funding just to be, it would, yeah. it would have just gone. So we know we have 10 years worth of, or nine years worth of history. So we already know what a January and February normally brings us. And when you're at, when you're sitting still at 40% of what your normal sales are, that whatever reserve you have in your account is going to go on. And yeah, really, really quick. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't be on this podcast and having this conversation yeah. with you. <laughs> and that's even with closing for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. If, even if we would have said we're going to close for eight weeks and then we're going to reopen in January, it, it wouldn't, you know, it just, when you, if your average check, let's say is $25, but you can only put 12 people in your restaurant and it's winter time, no matter how much people were being amazing and supporting restaurants, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Feasibly. Yeah. In any way, shape or form wouldn't have right. happened. Yeah. Right. Do you think that this is something we might see more in the future? I keep saying the next new normal because we've adopted so many different types of new normal in the past year. And I think that we're all kind of making predictions at this point about what the next new normal might look like. But do you anticipate, especially considering you'd already kind of thought about maybe a brief hibernation mode, um, maybe not as long as this one, but hibernation yeah. for other reasons. Do you think this is something we might start seeing as more seasonal restaurants around the St. Louis area? I, I think it's a good possibility. I yeah, I just was having a, a conversation with another restaurant owner and I was like, how many interviews did you have set up and how many people showed up? You know, and he was like, I know. He said, I, we just, it, it over the last, over the last two weeks at Pappy's, we had 21 interviews set up and we had two people show up, you know, so we can't, We'd love to be able to open seven days a week, but in, in all of our stores, but we, it's just not realistic. But then, you know, then we have conversations with our staffs and they all say, we kind of like the five days a week. We like knowing what our days off are every week, you know, and like, and it's kind of, it's nice for us too, as owners, like we don't, you know, that's two less days that you worry about things. Right. Mm-hmm. So Yes, I would say that I think that there's going to be a a lot of people are just going to try a lot of different things in order. I mean, we're doing, you know, we're doing a, um, we're doing a, a, we've partnered um, with a company that's here in St. Louis where you can shop and have your food delivered to your door. And Bogarts is doing that. Um, And we started doing that. Market Wagon is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Thanks, Liz. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. they, um, you know, we started doing that back in uh, November and we've had a great, you know, a, a decent response from it. So I, I think that you're going to see like here, Schnucks, prime example. They have been so uh, open minded and open arms with so many restaurants, just supporting local and getting all these different restaurants to do their food in their in their grocery stores, which is just amazing. Like who would have thought that would have never happened unless we had the pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, I would say, yeah, you're going to see, um, you'll probably, 
you'll see a lot of changes over the next year to two years. We talked about staffing issues being a major problem in the restaurant industry right now in the last episode. While a lot of challenges are universal right now, the ways of handling them are different. The best options for an individual restaurant might be different from the one right next door. The path forward isn't straight or well-marked. Luckily, though, for Bogarts, the family extends beyond just the Pappy's restaurants. It's the restaurant industry. Nikki name-dropped quite a few people in her recent text history. Names we know you've heard before, like Quee from Miley and Lauren of Balkan Treatbox, Gerard Kraft, Circle 7 Ranch owner Pete Ferretti. This, too, is the family that's getting through it all together. St. Louis restaurant scene is super tight. Yeah. Um, and everybody's always willing to help each other out. There's there's times where I don't even know someone and Lauren will call me and be like, hey, I've got so and so over here that needs to borrow, you know, catering equipment. Do you got something? I'm like, yeah, come on over. You know, we just we know we were there, especially the new people when they're starting out. You know, yeah. you don't you're on a tight budget and you don't have the money. Like, come on over. We're not no one's. A, that's a beautiful thing about St. Louis restaurants. No one's afraid of competition. We all just want to get along because we find that the more we're supportive of each other, that lifts us up. We just love ending a conversation like that on a high note where they're talking about just how wonderful the St. Louis restaurant scene is. It's what brought this podcast together, together with producer Dory almost now from Zoom, via Zoom from her home. Hi, Dory. Hi. Yes. I don't think we could ever get enough of hearing stuff like that, right? Right. And I think it's cool, too, to just, again, hear that people are leaning on each other. And it is a tough cutthroat business that they could choose to be really um, competitive. And of course, I'm sure that it's not all sunshine and roses. Some folks do have um, more contentious relationships. I am sure of it. But the fact that that's not the storyline, that's like not (laughs) what the the main thing we think of is. I love that. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun stuff. So. Well, we have some food news to get into, and gosh, Dory, again, I'm looking at the planner, and it's April 9th through 11th that we're talking here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of support, a lot of love for different restaurants, but uh, it's still, we're still feeling it. Um, It was about a year ago that uh, we started seeing some places closing for good uh, due to pandemic-related issues. And those that fallout kind of continues and we've got some, uh, some closings to let people know about. Yeah. So another one to let people know about, this is from downtown St. Louis, uh, the Tegan Irish pub. It's been there since 2007 on Washington Avenue. They announced this week that they are calling it quits, closing the doors. So they've actually been closed since restaurants started having to force they were, you know, indoor dining was forced to close mm-hmm. last March. They've been closed since then uh, and never reopened. So they kind of came out this week to give everybody an update and just said that they made the decision to close indefinitely. They wrote in their post that, quote, we think downtown St. Louis will bounce back from the pandemic eventually. And when it does, we would love to continue to be a part of it. So they sort of left the door open there for maybe coming back, but just said, Right now, they had to make this decision. It's been over a year. They had Mm -hmm. to make this decision to kind of close for now. I love that they're leading with, again, the optimism, though, that they they believe that this will have a bounce back. And, of course, it's not just the pandemic that uh, has caused some slowing down in downtown. But I think that we're... 
just elected a new mayor. We've got a bunch of money coming to the city um, because of a lot of these pandemic of, you know, the, the American Rescue Plan pandemic relief packages. So I agree with them. I think downtown is going to bounce back and hopefully uh, we'll be able to see Tegan once again. And speaking of the finances of all of this, another super sexy restaurant money story uh, here. (laughs) This one is not a closing. So I guess I should, I spoke too soon when I said we've got a couple of closings to talk about. This one is a little more complicated than that. Yeah, this one's a little bit more complicated. Um, And as we hope to see downtown come back, you know, we could see some better news for this restaurant too. Calico's, they have filed for bankruptcy. If the name doesn't sound familiar, I guarantee you've noticed them. They they are right there along Keener Plaza. They've been there for 25 years now. So the owners of this restaurant filed for bankruptcy um, to try to prevent their landlord from evicting them from their space. Um, the court papers say that they have a $15,000 claim against them, um, guessing for rent and other associated costs with, you know, having a restaurant downtown St. Louis. Um, but for right now, they are still open if you want to head over there, support them. Um, and I could just see them really bouncing back too with the return of Cardinals baseball and activities downtown. Totally, totally. And it is interesting to see this issue. And it's unfortunate because I think when we've had conversations with other restaurant folks and they've had uh, positive interactions with their landlords, um, other investors and things, and that's really helped them. And Mm -hmm. so, but of course, these are people who have, they have mouths too. They have bills Mm -hmm. to pay. So nobody's a villain. I'm not saying anybody's a villain here, but um, it, it is unfortunate when in some cases a restaurant could be trying everything that they can and it just is not working out as well. Uh, so again, like you said, Dory, they're still open if you want to go down there and support them. And I mean, head downtown this weekend. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But first, uh, if you are craving a Shake Shack, but don't feel like heading into the city or even Ledoux, you might have another option coming up. Yeah, there could be a third one coming to West County. So this is according to plans that were filed with the city. The company is looking to repurpose an old steak and shake in Chesterfield Valley. So a heads up there for our West County folks. Now, all of this, be mindful. It's still very early in the planning process. They have to, there's a couple more approval meetings that are coming up in May and June, I believe. So The wheels are in motion, though. There could be a third Shake Shack coming to St. Louis. And I have a feeling that there is going to be some support for that in Chesterfield City Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would think so, too. Steak and Shake has really been crawling into our uh, into our news lately. <laughs> I'm okay with that. What is this? The second week in a row and maybe the third time in the past couple months. Yeah. 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 And I like seeing people doing something with an empty space. So, I mean, hey, whether it's Shake Shack or something else, good to see the plans are coming. I'm super excited about this story, Dory. Yes, this one is great. Just in time for baseball season, we have a new collaboration. Steve's Hot Dogs is teaming up with Lion's Choice, two of our podcast favorites, Mm -hmm. to celebrate the return of baseball. So Steve's is debuting what they're calling the Lion's Choice Home Run Hot Dog. Get ready for what is on this thing. It is a smoked all-beef hot dog wrapped in Lion's Choice roast beef, topped with creamy cheddar cheese sauce, add on a dash of the Lion's Choice seasoning. And then it's also coming with a side of 
I guess Lion's Choice has their own new chips now. So it's coming with the side of those chips that you can crunch and sprinkle on top of your hot dog for a nice little crispiness to your, your dish there. Um, now this is going to be available for dine-in and carry-out through April 21st. It's It just came out to stores today or at uh, Steve's Hot Dogs today. We're recording this on Wednesday. There will be limited supplies, and I know that Steve's has posted in the past about lines forming outside his restaurant when these collaborations come out. So just be mindful of that. Uh, maybe check social media before you head on over there, but that should be a popular one. I feel like you can sprinkle a lion's choice roast beef. You can sprinkle lion's choice seasoning. When they say a dash of seasoning, can you, can you request Dump it on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, my mouth is watering, but we have to talk more about food. Cause Dory, I want to know what the best thing is you had to eat this week. Oh man, I had a lot of choices today or this week. Um, A lot of great things that we did. So I ended up landing on something we got from Yellow Belly. I think it was Saturday night. It was a gorgeous night. We ordered in um, and had a nice little meal on our back patio, brought the TV outside and watched the Blues game. Um, So here's the thing. When we order, you know, whether we're dining in, dining out, um, we have a rule where my husband and I, we never get the same entree, right? Yeah, because that's a good rule because you want to share it. You want to share, you want to taste just about everything. So we were both really craving the hanger steak entree that they had. So we decided to get the hanger steak, which was great. It was really tender. And then we just got a bunch of little small plates on the side. So we added on the cheddar biscuits, which come with a really tasty butter. So um, good. The, the chicken taquitos, which... I initially didn't want to get because I wanted like a salad or something a little bit. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you did, sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'm glad we got it though. Those chicken taquitos were, were really good. Um, but my favorite thing was the salmon tostada. I can't remember if you've mentioned this on the podcast before, but essentially it's like for anyone who hasn't had it, it's like an open concept sushi roll on a fried crispy tostada. It had a great fresh salmon taste and avocado spread on it and like some sauces. And I only got to eat half of one. I would have eaten three <laughs> of those if we would have ordered more. It was really, really good. And then um, I also got a cocktail on the side, the dead man's vice. Of course, Yellow Belly is really known for their cocktails with Tim Wiggins. Um, that cocktail was a little heavy on the peach for me. I'm not a huge peach fan. I kind of rolled the dice on that a little bit, but it was still really refreshing summery drink. So that was, oh, I'm dreaming about that tostada right now. That's I've had that. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast either, but I've had it and it is so good. And just like the, yeah, like having open face like that is it, it's, it feels lighter and it's, mm, that sounds so mm, good. That feels so good. good. Again, we really need to stop doing these before lunch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of lunch, um, and we've talked a lot about downtown here. So yesterday we're recording this um, following election day in the city of St. Louis. So I was actually downtown for most of my day yesterday working on that. And I w- wanted something quick to eat, just a quick little bite. So I walked over to the Caldies in the city garden, which is closed currently. And it's been a mm-hmm. long time since I've tried to go there. So I forgot about that being closed. And, mm-hmm. um, 
Uh, so I get down there and I'm like, oh, but it's such a nice day. And I just walked over here and I looked to my right and in the basement, the little area, I don't want to say basement because that sounds dark and creepy, but like just below the Peabody building, uh-huh. I saw a sign for Ucraft. So Ucraft is an, or has been a food truck. Uh, you might have seen them at maybe Nine Mile Garden in the past. And they opened a spot in January in that building. And it's the same kind of concept. It's if you're a fan of like crazy bowls and wraps and that kind of really quick and easy lunch option where sometimes you want a wrap, sometimes you want a salad, sometimes you want a bowl. That's what they've got uh, on their menu. And it's a big variety of different things too. Of course, I didn't exactly go for the healthiest thing. I got like a, the hill wrap. So it's like, you know, all of the all of like the salami and the ham and the banana peppers and all that in a wrap. But I'm a little picky about wraps. I'll be honest. Sometimes I feel like they're not made like constructed well. And I feel like they don't, they don't really fill me up or they're just kind of soggy feeling. It was really well constructed and it kept me full. It was the last thing I had to eat until I didn't realize like eight hours later, I hadn't eaten since having that wrap. So that is a big bonus for me, especially if you're on the go. Um, It's nice to see that they are opening those kind of quick and easy lunch options for downtown, anticipating more people coming back. I talked to the guy uh, behind the counter who said they had been picking up business lately. And so if you are heading to like maybe city garden, want a snack, uh, maybe you're bringing the kids there to play on the weekends or whatnot check out Ucraft. They also offer all day breakfast and the coffee. I got an iced coffee and that was really good too. It's Park Avenue coffee. So Ooh. yeah, it's, it's just a nice, nice to have a little local option. Cause where our station is, um, it, it's know, right there. Yeah. We have either Caldi's or subway and I, for like a quick little walk outside. And so it's really nice to have another option that has a little bit more variety there. So yeah, I, I do remember, I guess it was late last year seeing that, um, was it what was it called? They're like six park square or something. I can't remember quite what it was called. That was down there. I remember seeing that they closed and I was sad about that because like you said, it's so close to station. It's a real nice, quick, easy option for lunch or breakfast even. Um, so I'm glad that there's something else there now. That's really good to hear. And I'm, I've been like, stalking that city garden <laughs> Caldi's waiting for it yeah. to reopen to just know it. like I want it to come back that was my go-to when I worked and lived downtown so I'm hoping that that location does come back soon too I agree especially since we are going to be going back to the building eventually uh mm-hmm. at KSDK so eh. maybe they're just waiting for us to come back probably they're planning probably their welcome it. home dory party <laughs> That's not this weekend, though, but we do have some other things to let you all know about this weekend. Again, we are talking about the weekend of April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Yeah, so it is farmer's market season, everybody. So this Saturday, we've got the Tower Grove Farmer's Market and the U-City Farmer's Market opening for their first ones of the season. Um, So just remember, there will be a lot of different vendors there, Um, you know, probably a good amount of people gathering there. Remember to wear a mask, social distance. And I also saw this note on the Tower Grove Farmer's Market page to be mindful when you're checking out everything on all the tables. Try not to touch the food until you buy it. So just a good little note there. I know I'm guilty of doing that when I'm at the grocery store, like feeling all the different avocados to make sure one is good enough. So if you can, just be mindful of that. Um, And then I also wanted to mention that the Kirkwood Farmer's Market opened last weekend. So a few different options there, as long as the weather holds up. I was just trying to check it. There might be a little bit of rain in the forecast for Saturday, but hopefully, hopefully it holds up. Yeah, man, talk about more signs of spring and us coming back to life. A reminder this weekend, of course, is 
home opener for the Cardinals. The Cardinals are playing back at Bush Stadium uh, Thursday and then throughout this weekend. So if you are interested in figuring out how you can watch them and get in on the Cardinals opening day action, it's not like a typical opening day, of course, but it is looking a little closer to normal than it did last year. So check out our last week's episode uh, for some of our ideas on places you can go to watch the cards in a safe, socially distanced manner. Uh, This weekend also, I mean, the Central West End is back in bloom. And this weekend, they are inviting you out to come check it out. So Saturday and Sunday, they are resuming their um, kind of every weekend once the weather's warm, you might find more musicians playing on corners and things like that. Well, this weekend they are special. They're, they're promising that with music street performers. They're also going to have some special deals and discounts for the different restaurants and shops there. A central West end scavenger hunt. So beginning Saturday and lasting a month, you can safely search for many spring garden gnomes hidden inside participating businesses. Clues will be posted on the central West end website. And if you find them, you will be eligible to win a gift card. I live in the Central West End, and I have a miniature gnome outside my front door. I wonder, hmm. Hmm, will he count? I um, hope maybe. I, I hope not, because then I'm going to have a bunch of people showing up on my front door. <laughs> Don't take my gnome. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I am Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Almost. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you do not miss a beat. Leave us a rating and a review as well. We ask you for it every week, and I don't think you listen to us every week. So maybe go ahead and add that to your to-do list. It's uh, it, Why not? Get it out of the way with your spring cleaning. <laughs> Leave, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on our Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Go Cardinals and seize the plate. Home plate. Home plate. <laughs> We're so corny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>